Dr. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality, presented by Two True Freaks. I'm your host, Magnus, and people, just in the interest of full disclosure, I want to say right now that I'm recording this, this is, the, today's date is March the 21st, 2020, and if I've got my math right, this episode is supposed to come out in June, or maybe July, somewhere around there. And so, the world that you guys are living in at the time that you hear this, I'm guessing it's going to be very different from the world that I'm living in right now. The world that I'm living in right now, everybody is scared shitless about the coronavirus. So, at the time that this episode comes out, either people will be scared even more shitless about the coronavirus, or things will start getting back to normal. I'm really not sure which of those it's going to be. I don't know how things are going to play out. But one of the things that I do know is that the future of, uh, or at least the short-term future, of Trinus Magnus Puncher's reality is somewhat in jeopardy here. Now, the fact is, I was always planning to take another hiatus in the fall because there are some things going on in my personal life that will demand that I that I take the time in in, in the fall. So that was always going to happen, coronavirus or no coronavirus. But the impact on all this that the coronavirus conceivably could have is sort of forcing my hand and forcing me to uh, begin my hiatus early. So there's a very good chance that the episode you're hearing right now is the last episode of Trennis Magnus Puncher's Reality on the horizon. I, I, or at least the last new thing. Now, I've got a few episodes in the hopper. There are some things I can release just to kind of keep stuff going. But in the main, I mean, the episode that you're hearing right now, this is it. The only thing that's left after this is a bunch of stuff that I recorded like three or four or five years ago that I just never got around to releasing. So, I don't know. My point is, if it's a long time before Trennis Magnus Punches Reality as a podcast comes back, just remember that you were warned. Now, I had a fair number of choices in terms of what it is that I could do to record for today. What do I want to talk about? And what I ultimately decided is, if this is going to be the last episode of my podcast that comes out for a while, I won't say ever, but certainly for a while, I want to end on, you know, for the moment, uh, I want to end on a high note, something that I think a lot of people are interested in, something that they want, that they've been waiting for. And so I thought, you know what? Let's do another episode of Magnus Talks About Smallville, and we'll just sort of take it from there, just see see how things go. This could be it for a while, so if it is, well, Magnus Talks About Smallville is one of the most popular features of Trennis Magnus Punch's reality, so maybe this isn't a bad way to uh, well, call it a day for a little while. So, anyway, now speaking of... Magnus talks about Smallville. I'm continuing my retrospective of Smallville's sainted seventh season. And because of the fact that I only talked about Bizarro in the last episode, I've got to make up for some lost time somewhat. Now, 
it may be that with these these uh, episodes of Trinus Magnus, uh, or rather with uh, Magnus t- uh, talks about Smallville, that I only talk about one episode of the Sainted uh, season seven at a time. I it's strange, you know, I'm Mr. Planning Guy, but somehow I still don't have a solid plan on that. So I don't know if I'm going to talk about multiple episodes of the seventh season going forward or just stick with one at a time. I'm not really sure, but no matter what, here it is. So I'm going to be uh, talking today. I'm going to be talking about episode two, Kara. So the pitch for it, it's actually pretty straight, straightforward. After discovering Kara's spaceship with Lois, Clark shocked to discover that Kara's his cousin and she's here to protect baby Kal-El. Also, Lex discovers that Lana has faked her own death while Gant Grave, uh, Grant Gabriel, editor of the Daily Planet, hires Lois. And so, just right from the top, guys, uh, Clark is talking about leaving Smallville here. Lois, I'm leaving Smallville after Lana's funeral. Wow, didn't see that coming. Where are you running away to? Up north. There's something I need to do. What about the farm? You can't just let the corn die on the vine. My neighbor, Ben Hubbard, he's going to run things for a while. What's wrong, Lois? Thought you'd be happy to get rid of me. Are you kidding? Who am I going to pick on? I'm sure you'll find someone. And some orange vanilla Coke, because I can still get that in this Corona world that I live in. What is that? All right, now, guys, understand something. Clark had already been planning to finally start uh, the training that Jorel intended for. That was on the table way back in season six which, by the way, was Smallville's shippiest season. The only reason that that Clark put it off last season is because the zoners came to town. Clark couldn't very well run off to the Antarctic for who knows how long until he was certain that all of the zoners had been dealt with. And now he at least thinks that they have. And so what we're talking about right here this is Clark's first real opportunity to try making amends with Jarrell. But the other thing is that Smallville's probably not a very comfortable place for him right now. I mean, Jonathan's dead. Martha's gone off to Washington. Lana got blowed up real good, or at least so Clark thinks. He and Lex truly are enemies now. And there's no way to know where things stand with Lionel. Or if he even survived the explosion at the dam. Now, Lionel did survive, but he's been kidnapped, except Clark doesn't know that yet. Anyway, bottom line is Clark's got good reasons for wanting to get away from Smallville. He's also got good reasons to give Jarrell another chance. And now that the zoners have been dealt with, as far as he knows, Clark feels like he's got the freedom to leave. And my guess is that leaving seems like a pretty good idea, considering that there's a lot of stuff that he's trying to get away from, but unfortunately for him, it's not going to be that easy. Carlel, my son, you have finally chosen to start your training. The Kryptonian girl showed up at my doorstep. 
Your name is Kara. Last time that happened, you were behind it. I know nothing of her arrival. She says she was sent here by her father, Zorel. You might remember him since he's your brother. Care to tell me why you ignored that branch of the family tree? Whatever Zorel wanted with you, it was not for the greater good of Krypton. He could not be trusted, and neither can his daughter. You can't blame Kara for the actions of her father. She's not here to cause any harm. That is an emotional human reaction. Be careful of your feelings, Carlel. They can betray you. My feelings are part of who I am, whether you like it or not. Now, what about my training? Your training starts with Kara. Watch over her, Carlel. She poses a greater threat than you believe. All right, so Clark wants to start his training and education under Jarrell, but Jarrell says that right now Clark needs to keep an eye on Kara. Neither she nor her father Zorel are to be trusted. Now, back in the fifth and sixth seasons, I remarked on how flirty Lois is becoming with Clark. And so, with that in mind. Clark, you, on the other hand, are not required to attend. After what happened to Lana, why don't you take up Chloe's offer and hang out with her at the town? It's dangerous out here. And it seems that keeping you out of trouble has become a bad habit of mine. Besides, it gives me a good opportunity to say goodbye. <laughs> you can't break up with me, Clark. We're not even a couple. It's just interesting. That's all I'm saying. Also interesting is Lex's interest in finding Kara. Now, like I mentioned last time, Lex was involved in a car crash on a bridge. He was very close to drowning, but a member of the House of L pulled him out of the drink and saved his life. Clark did the same thing back in the pilot, and Kara did it again back in Bizarro. In both cases, Lex's curiosity was piqued. He wanted to find out more about his mysterious rescuer. Now, in the pilot, Clark perfectly well admitted that he saved Lex. There was no mystery there. What he left out of the discussion, though, is how he saved Lex. With Kara, it's the total opposite. How she did it speaks for herself. Her true identity, that is what's open to debate. And oddly enough, this is a major plot point. I mean, I realize just describing it probably tells you that it's important, but if you don't know what's in store for the rest of this Sainted Season 7, you probably have no idea just how important this element of the story really is. Now, speaking of Lex, he and Chloe have it out in the warehouse. The last time that they really talked to each other was back in Progeny from last season. That is to say, season six, which, by the way, was Smallville's shippiest season. And that's the episode where... Progeny. That's the episode where Lex imprisoned Moira Sullivan and tried to conscript her into helping him with 33.1. So... Already, Chloe's just about had it with Lex, but on top of all that, as far as Chloe knows, Lana's dead. And also as far as she knows, Lex is the one that had her killed. Now, keep in mind that it was it was only about three and a half years ago, in-universe, way back in the mighty season three, that Chloe depended on Lex to protect her from Lionel, and Lex depended on her to help find the evidence to bring Lionel down. 
They were working together and counting on each other just to survive. Now, yes, Lex and Chloe have never exactly been best friends. I mean, I think really the most that you can say for Lex and Chloe is that they were briefly allies at one point, but their partnership allowed both of them to survive the events of the Mighty Season 3, but they've been kind of bitter enemies for a long time now. And so, like I say, they were never all that close to one another to begin with, but at the same time, you're, you're kind of hard-pressed to think of any other set of characters from Smallville who hate each other this much. That's soon to change, though, but I'll come back to that later. Now, to stay with Chloe for just a second, through sheer luck and a lot of hard work, Chloe, uh, Chloe's earned a spot at the Daily Planet, so when Lois comes along with a story about alien ships from outer space, Chloe does everything in her power to talk Lois out of it. Now, think about that for a minute. For as horrible an episode as Thirst from Season 5 might have been, it did have the virtue of showing Chloe facing real skepticism about her work. In the end, she was hired at the Daily Planet, but her story was never published. And not even because it's not true, but because it just didn't fit with the style of the Daily Planet. Incidentally, this is one of the zillions of reasons why I think journalism is a total crock of shit, but whatever. None of that's the point. The point is that Chloe's trying to give Lois good advice, but the world's been changing for a long time now. Chloe's story about vampires didn't have a snowball's chance in hell of getting printed, whether it was true or not. Of course, there's a very good chance Chloe's just trying to steer Lois away from anything to do with aliens because it might shine a light on Clark, but what I'm saying is Chloe's formative experience was thirst back when she couldn't get an article full of absolute truth printed because it seemed just too incredible for anyone to really believe. That was then, this is now. We're in the Sainted Season 7, and this is an era when news stories and respected publications like the Daily Planet might get printed as long as there's real evidence. Grant Gabriel's encouraging reaction to Lois and her story about the spaceship show us that this stuff that used to be tabloid bullshit is now part of everyday life in the Smallville universe. And so what I'm trying to say here is that Smallville's becoming more and more of a science fantasy universe all the time. People, the, the public, the normies, the mainstream, the unwashed masses, whatever you want to call them, they're all having their sense of normalcy in the Smallville universe recalibrated a little bit more every year. And a good indication for them is the simple existence of aliens and spaceships and shit like that as a matter of practical reality. But a good indication of all that stuff for the viewer is the Department of Domestic Security. Now, obviously that's based on the IRL Department of Homeland Security, and some I remember that some whiny, bratty fanboys wondered or for that matter, bitched about why the organization isn't simply called the Department of Homeland Security. And the reason for that really should be obvious. This isn't 
the real world. Smallville is starting to operate more and more on its own paradigm in terms of what normal and real actually mean. And so the main issue going on here in Kara as an episode is that Clark meets Kara and, or, you know, maybe to put it another, uh, another way, he comes face to face with real family. No clones, no fake outs, no imposters. Kara's the strongest connection to Krypton that Clark has ever had. But the deeper issue is that Kara thinks and acts the way a Kryptonian would. Clark's biologically Kryptonian, it's true, but his values, philosophies, and worldview are all fundamentally human. Biology notwithstanding, Clark Kent is human. But Kara? She's a Kryptonian, and it's not just biology with her. She comes from and is shaped by a completely different culture than anything that Clark can relate to. And by the by, she can fly. Clark can't. Now, I'm going to come back to that much later in the show's future. Because it's really neither here nor there for this episode, and it's kind of spoilery type territory. Anyway, here's the thing. I have to be honest, people. For all, or at least most, of Supergirl's history, I've never really understood her. It's not that I didn't like Supergirl. I did. I just couldn't really get my head around what Supergirl brings to the table. In the Silver Age, Supergirl was basically Superman's little sister. As far as characterization goes, she really wasn't all that different from Superman. When you get away from her sex, there just wasn't all that much to differentiate Kara from Superman. When you get into the Burn Age, it's a different situation because Supergirl isn't really Kryptonian. She's a protoplasmic, shape-shifting clone of Lana Lang from a parallel universe. She's an interesting character, but she's not Kara Zor-El. And it's never escaped my attention that it took DC Comics almost 20 years to grow the balls to bring Kara Zor-El back into continuity. What I eventually came to realize is that what's always bothered me about Supergirl is how different she is not. From Superman. It's always been hard to accept her because there's really not very much that makes Kara as a character unique. And this is where Smallville has a leg up on basically everything, including the comics. Especially the comics, as it turns out. Through Kara as an episode, we see Kara as a character show a much different worldview and philosophy from Clark. Kara operates with a different set of values. She's shaped by different cultural sensibilities. She's motivated by fundamentally different things. Kara has a job to do, and in the Smallville universe, Kryptonians tend to pursue what they believe is their mission with what we all might call a single-minded obsession. Clark views Kara as being reckless and unconcerned with the consequences of her actions. That makes her dangerous, but that's not how she views it at all. From Kara's standpoint, she's only behaving the way that any Kryptonian would by acting quickly, 
and decisively until her mission is completed. This accomplishes several things. For one thing, it puts Clark in the position of, have, uh, of having to be a mentor to somebody. He has to be the role model for a headstrong teenager. That's not something that Clark's all that used to. And for that matter, the viewer's not really used to it either. In the past, it was Clark who occasionally rushed off without a plan and sometimes acted a little impetuously to get the job done. But on several occasions in Kara as an episode, Clark has to ride herd on Kara, the character. He has to keep her on a short leash so that she doesn't cause too much trouble. This is new territory for Clark. The other thing that happens, though, is that Clark's bitched and moaned in previous episodes about how awesome it'd be if he could meet someone just like him. Um, Clark Kent has powers. And because of that, he has to live life on the extreme down low. Clark's not isolated from everybody because of his powers, per se, but rather it's because of what he has to do to keep his powers a secret. For the first time, Clark, Clark's met someone who is exactly like he is. On paper, this is what Clark has always said that he's wanted, so the question becomes, is that actually true? Is this actually what he wants? And we're going to find out soon enough. Now, by, by the way, all through the episode Kara, Lionel's still missing. Just something to keep in mind there, guys. So, now, when Season 7 debuted, I was trading comments with somebody on MySpace. Pretty frequently. Yeah, MySpace. <laughs> it's been that long, people. Anyway, so we raided the various Smallville episodes as they came along, and actually, we've been doing that since Season 6. By the way, did I ever mention that Season 6 was Smallville's shippiest season? Because it was. Anyway, so it went back that far, but those comments are lost to time, to server changes, and God knows, to corporate acquisitions. But I did... I did start saving my original ratings in the, in the Sainted Season 7. So, as we proceed through all of these different episodes, I'm going to start giving you guys my original rating from when these episodes first aired, and I'm also going to give you my, my ratings for them right now. So, all of this is going somewhere. When I originally uh, watched Kara way back in the day, in 2007, when it first came on TV, I rated it 3 out of 5. Now, these days, I think I, I, think I say, I, I think I would say that it actually deserves 3.5 out of 5. So, originally, I was pretty close to the mark with, with my rating. Originally, it was a 3. Now, I say 3.5 out of 5. Time has a way of clarifying things for you, and sometimes later than you realize that something was a bit better than you were originally gave it credit for so because of all of that i now rate like i say i now rate kara a three and a half out of five whereas originally i rated it a three out of five so just something to uh, keep in mind uh, keep in mind there so now this episode god damn it 
this episode is actually starting to run a little bit short, and I would like to be able to go through some fucking feedback with you, but for some reason, my phone is just not being all that cooperative with me here, so just bear with me while I vamp for time and try to work through this fucking piece of shit that Gmail has become. Am I the only one who remembers when Gmail used to be worth half a fuck? Because I swear to think, those days are behind us. These days, Gmail just fucking sucks. Fuck you, Google. Anyway. All right, so this this email is... This, uh, this actually uh, comes in advance of... Well, fuck it, I'm just going to read it. This is a little bit newer than a lot of the feedback that I've been working my way through lately. Um, this is dated July the 24th, 2018. This was sent in by my old friend, Dave Mitchell. Subject line says, Hail, most excellent Magnus. And Dave writes, Hey, Magnus, long-time listener, longer-time friend slash acquaintance, maybe first-time emailer here. And Dave, I'm going to put your email back... Uh, I'm going to put your email on pause here and say, My memory of it, and I reserve the right to be wrong here, but my memory of it is I got some text messages as feedback from you way back when I first launched Trinus Magnus Punches Reality, um, way back in 2013. And I don't, except for some comments and stuff like that posted on Facebook or maybe the odd PM here and there, I don't remember getting email from you. So I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But anyway... Uh, Dave goes on to say, I just wanted to drop a note and say thank you for all the hard work that you've put into TMPR over the last several years. Uh, thank you, Dave. Thank you a lot. I, I really do appreciate that. Um, Dave goes on to say, I can still remember where I was when I listened to your very first episode, and I've been along for the ride ever since. Admittedly, some of your runs of uh, of episodes haven't been my bag, but hey, it's your podcast. Who cares what I think? That said, I have faithfully listened to every single Smallville episode. That's my TMPR jam right there. I'm a bit bummed that you're hanging up the spurs when that run is over, but I totally understand it. Life moves on and brings new adventures and responsibilities. I'll be right there with you, faithfully downloading and listening to the end. And Dave, I just want to put this back on pause and say, you know, thanks a lot, man. I, I, I really appreciate that. Now, something that I've been kind of thinking about. Dave, look, you know me, okay? Like IRL, you know me, all right? And you know probably that I'm not exactly a people person, all right? Um, we've talked a little bit about that. I'm not sure how much of that you remember, but I've told you a little bit about my story, and I've got my reasons, right? And I'm not a people person. I can't, sometimes I can't even really fake it, but I've, I've been thinking a fair amount about what exactly in this COVID world that we all live in, what exactly is my responsibility to my fellow man? Well, Dave, I've gotten emails and I've never read these emails on mic because these people requested that I not do so, but I've, I've gotten feedback from people who have said that my podcast got them through a very difficult time. It, uh, it Sometimes it's entertained them. Sometimes it's made them laugh. Sometimes it's made them think, etc. And it's really been important to some people. One person even said that 
he had been contemplating suicide. And I didn't do it single-handedly, but I was one of the considerations in this person not taking his life. And things like that are really humbling because, you know, Dave, when you do a podcast, you basically do it so that you have another way of getting a word in edgewise. All right. That's it. That's really all it's about. And so periodically, people will send you these really heartfelt, really confessional and really earnest emails about how much your show meant to them. And you ended up, it turns out, doing good that you never suspected. Now, Dave, I'm not sure if you're going to agree with all of this. I get the idea that you and I don't necessarily operate from the same philosophical starting point, but I'm of the opinion that there are people in the world that through no fault of their own, it could just be a quirk of of birth or the way that they were raised or just whatever. There's a there's a type of person out there for whom it's virtually impossible for them to do true, good, or rather true, honest, earnest, affirmative, good. All right. Um, and since we're talking about Smallville, I guess that's probably a good comparison to make. All right. Some people, they do good. Sometimes in spite of their best efforts, they do good. There are other people out there who don't do good. And again, that could be in spite of their best efforts. I think Lex Luthor in Smallville is actually a pretty good example, especially in the early seasons. What we see is a character, Dave, that is incapable of producing moral good and consequential good, all right? He has the right motivations, all right? This is a guy that wants to do the right thing. He wants to put positive things into the world. But something happens, and invariably, his most altruistic endeavors always backfire. They always end up harming people. Usually the people, the very people that he's trying to help and protect and love and nurture. There's a type of person, Dave, this is my point. There's a type of person in the real world, I kind of believe this, who is incapable of doing moral good and also consequential good. All right. Lex Luthor is that is that type of person in Smallville. He cannot do moral good and consequential good, right? His actions, there may have moral good to them. It's not consequential good. At other times, his actions, they may have not moral good, but they do have consequential good. It is impossible. I, I challenge anyone to find this. It is impossible to find an instance in Smallville where an action that Lex takes has both moral good and consequential good. Usually the most you can hope for is one or the other. Never both. And the reason I'm being kind of a pain in the neck about this, Dave, is to say that I kind of relate to Lex on that level that for some reason, it doesn't matter what I do or how hard I try, in the great majority of cases, I am incapable of, of executing moral good and consequential good. All right? There have been times, Dave, I've told you about some of them, where I really did try to help. 
All right, Dave, I want you to think about how you and I met. All right, where did we meet? What specifically were you doing? What was your position? Well, keep in mind, Dave, I used to have a very similar position someplace else, and you were sincerely able to help people. I was not, right? We did the same thing. I think we even said all or most of the same things, but there was moral good and consequential good in what you did. What I did had moral good. It did not have consequential good. And so I, my point in saying all of this is, you know, Dave, I want you to kind of keep that to yourself if you, if you wouldn't mind, because as you may have noticed, I don't exactly run the most open and confessional podcast in the whole world. But you know me, you know where I'm coming from, and so it's all right. And my point in saying all of this, you know, kind of talking your ear off a little bit, is, and to kind of bring it back to the main subject at hand, with, with an eye on the fact that I don't believe that I can, that I can execute both moral good and conse consequential good at the same time and in the same context with the same action, Dave, what responsibility do we have to one another in this COVID world that at least for right now, I live in. Now, at the time you guys hear this, who knows what's going on with it, but at least right now, I live in it. And what, what responsibilities do we have to one another? Well, Dave, I just told you a minute ago that I've gotten emails from people who say that my podcast was not this, again, triple underline this part, not the only reason but one of the reasons that they never took their own lives, right? So this podcast at that time was lacking moral good, but it did have consequential good. Something good came out of this. And so if, at the very least, if I'm capable of putting consequential good out into the world, if something that I did, even if it was just the smallest fraction of moral good that helped somebody make the decision not to end their lives or their life. Do I have, from, from the standpoint of consequential good, does that give me the moral imperative to continue making my show in the hopes that somebody else who's experiencing a hard time can listen to it and maybe find a reason to, to push through for one more day? And Dave, I don't have a really good answer to that. You know, ultimately, I'm not responsible for the decisions that other people make. But at the same time, if there's, if, if there's something that I've done that has the, the, conse has the consequential good of, leaving, uh, of leading someone to making a moral good decision... It's kind of up in the air, like what responsibility do we really have to one another, especially knowing that it looks like some pretty dark and difficult times lay ahead of us. And so I don't have the, the answer to that. I've thought about, I, I, I've wrestled with this. I've, see Dave, there was a time, I, this is definitely not something that you and I ever talked about, but there was a time when I was kind of struggling with Thomism, I was reading a lot of Thomist blogs, and I was just trying to get my head around the ins and the outs of Thomism, right? And what is it? How does it work? How do you use it in, in your own decision-making or to, or, or to shape 
the the moral judgments that you make and i don't necessarily want to turn this and turn this podcast into something that it isn't but the weight of our decisions is that's something that i've been cognizant of for a very long time now and that's a huge part of the reason why it is that this is these are considerations that have been on my mind for a long time so all of this is a really long way of saying that yes, I did threaten to call it a day after I finished up my Smallville retrospective, but now that's probably still going to be the case. But now I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm wavering ever so slightly on that decision. So I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know what happens. But since it sounds like the Smallville stuff is probably your favorite part of my podcast, it should at least please you, at least a little bit, to know that that part of my podcast ain't going anywhere. So I'm I'm not, unless I die or something, I'm not going to, for certain, I'm not going to end my podcast until such time as all of the episodes of Smallville have been analyzed. So anyway, getting back into Dave's email, he says, all that said, I'm seriously thrilled that you and Stacy are getting hitched, and I wish and pray nothing but the very best of joy and flourishing for you both. I'm glad to have known you both in the real world, and I hope to see you around sometime. Dave, I want to put this email back on pause and say, you know, thank you very much. You know, um, Dave, I really wish I could tell you. Again, I want you to think about where we were and what you specifically were doing when we first met. And I need you to understand that it cost me something to be there, okay? I, 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 If you want, we can go through this in PMs or something, but it was really difficult being in that environment. You know, for me, on a personal level, it was all those years ago, like 2010 or 2011 or something like that. It was really hard. No, I guess it had to have been 2011 because Stacy was there with me, so... Yeah, so 2011, you know, Dave, it was really hard to 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 be there. To um, now, good things came out of it. You know, um, there there was you, there was Nate, uh, there was James, uh, Natalie, uh, uh, Dan. A lot of people with D names I'm noticing all at once. But anyway, the point is, you know, um, Owen. There's another one. You know, a lot of uh, Taylor. Um, there, you know, there were good people, all right, and I've got fond memories of it, but number one, I had, it, it cost me a lot to be there, and, and in the end, you know, the price just, it, it just got to be too high, you know, and Dave, I'm, I'm one of those people who kind of thinks that in everything that you do, you need to count the fucking cost, bro. You know, when the cost gets to a, you need to find out what the cost is so that when it gets to a certain level, you can say, all right, that's it. I'm out. I'm done. You know, and this is, this is no reflection on you or Dan, uh, James, Nate, Natalie, you know, um, this is, this is no, uh, Cindy, none of them. Okay. This is not a reflection on them, but it just got to the point where our continued association was there was a cost associated there that I was just, I, I can't pay that, 
you know, I, I cannot do that. And so there's that. Just on a personal level, I cannot do this anymore, you know. There's another level where, if you catch my, my drift, opinions change, you know. They, they just change. And so I think in the main, you and I still agree, there are some, and Dave, I think you know what I'm talking about here, there are some particulars that I think you and I have, have some very big disagreement about. And I think in the end, you know, notwithstanding the, the personal stuff that was going on, it really was time to leave. You know, so I do hope you understand that. And it was nothing personal against you. Honestly, you're the reason I stuck around, or one of the reasons that I stuck around for as long as I did, James being one of the others. So, um, so there's that, right? Um, but you need to know that I truly don't think, I, you know, for as brief as my time was, I truly don't think it could have lasted as long as it did without Stacy. You know, if she hadn't been there to accompany me, I truly don't think I could have stuck around as long as I did. You know, I, I, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll take it a step further. I don't think I would have had the strength to start, okay? I wouldn't, you and I would never have met in the first place if it wasn't for her. So, you know, just anyway. So point is, thank you very much. And that, you know, your words there, they have a level of importance that I don't think even you were completely aware of. So, anyway. Another sip off of my Coke. I'm also going to get some, um, uh, and of course, i got to refill my fucking tank here. I was going to get some, some more vapor and then get back into Dave's email and just finish that all up before making my uh, closing statements for this episode, but now I get to refill my tank because of course I do, so anyway. I gotta tell you guys, you know, in this COVID world that, uh, that uh, I live in right now, uh, getting vape juice, this is something that I am definitely concerned about, so I'm not sure, I'm not sure how that's gonna work in the future, you know, going forward, but uh, anyway, so just a sec. Here's some vapor. Anyway, getting back into Dave, uh, Dave's email, he says, I'm glad to have known you both in the real world, quote unquote, and hope to see you around sometime. You know, Dave, I'd honestly, I'd kind of like that too. You know, um, because again, you know, the reasons for my departure, they had nothing to do with you. You're one of the reasons that I stuck around for as long as I did. But like I say, you know, it gets to a level where the price of being there is, it's just too high. So anyway, Dave goes on to say, uh, so that's all. I just wanted to say thank you for the podcast. You do great work and you're a good dude. I appreciate it. Signed, Dave Mitchell. And Dave, thanks again for for sending this in. I really appreciate it. It, it really means a lot that, that, that you, that you said all of this and that, I don't know, just thank you. Thank you very much, Dave. I, I, I appreciate that. So as to my closing statements, which I threatened just a little while ago, my closing statements for this episode, um, 
Guys, I gotta tell you, you know, uh, the episodes of Trennis Magnus Punch's reality that I've released in, in recent months, you gotta know, those were not done by accident. I, this episode that you're listening to right now has been on the docket for a pretty long time because you gotta understand, my notes, they were all complete. Uh, the artwork for this episode, um, it was done. My notes were in order. Everything was sorted out. Everything was ready to go. But I gotta tell you guys, that Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover really took the wind out of my sails when it comes to Smallville because what I've been told is that in-universe, the Smallville Clark really did use Gold K on himself to permanently strip himself of his powers. And, you know, people can say whatever bullshit they want about whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow and how Smallville Clark deserves this and all that shit. And I'm sorry, no, okay? I, I just don't buy that. And the fact that that decision was made, probably specifically to placate Tom Welling, that also just doesn't cut any ice with me, all right? The fact is... The way I want to see it is that whatever happens, happens. The Smallville Clark goes on to become the Smallville Superman, and then that Superman is Superman as we've all known him, right? That's who Superman is. That's what he's all about. And he goes on to all these great and glorious adventures. He's Superman with everything that implies. And he's not going to just randomly give up his powers, okay? That's just not going to happen. You know, and the fact that it happened in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, guys, I'm sorry. All right, that that's a bum. That is a fucking bummer, and it really kind of dampened a lot of my enthusiasm for doing these Magnus talks about Smallville retrospectives. All right, and this is something that I've been dreading. I've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, and. In the end, I decided, you know what? These episodes really mean a lot to a lot of people, so I just want to go ahead and record it, put it up, put it out there, and you know, like I say, if there's some consequent, uh, consequential good that comes out of me releasing these Magnus talks about Smallville episodes, then fine, so be it. All right, but it's just, you know, I'm still kind of stinging a little bit from that Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover and what that means for Smallville. And, you know, look, people can say whatever they want about my canon and my continuity and, and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, these things, they are what they are. And the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, that happened. Okay? That happened, and... I don't know. It's just... Like I say, it's a bummer. So... Uh... And who knows, like, is this going to simplify things for me going forward? Am I going to be able to release these uh, Smallville epi uh, episodes again without having to just kind of psych myself up? I don't know. But I do promise that barring death or some other kind of medical misfortune, I promise, I'm giving you my word, I will finish the Magnus Talks About Smallville retrospective, okay? I promise. To, to whatever degree it's it, it's within my control, I promise you, I'm going to do this, all right? So just something to be aware of there. So, And as it turns out, I think that's pretty much it 
for me for this week, and unfortunately, I don't know if there's going to be an episode next week. Like I say, I've got a bunch of episodes in the hopper, a bunch of Lost episodes, as it turns out. You know, well, I don't mean episodes about Lost, the TV show, just temporarily misplaced episodes, stuff that I recorded, and I never found a really good time or a really good way to release, and... Maybe I'll start releasing those episodes next week. Maybe I won't. I'm officially not guaranteeing anything. But I just want to let you all know that at the time that I record this, I'm living in the COVID world. I'm not really sure how things are going to go, how things are going to be. And I'm at this point, I'm just hoping for the best. I'm trying to take care of my family as best I can. I'm sure a lot of you are in the same position. It's not easy to know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and all that stuff. So I hope at the time that you guys hear this, you're all in a better position than I'm in right now. And so um, all I can say is good luck. I'm praying for all of you. I'm praying for myself. I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for my unborn daughter. I'm praying for everything. So there we go. There's the birth announcement. So I think that's pretty much it for me for right now. So bye, everybody. I will see you whenever I see you. Okay, so I think that's just about the end of that. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Podcast Network. You can find the home for Trennis Magnus Punches Reality at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find this show on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. There you can interact with your fellow listeners and also see notifications of new episodes when I put them up. My Facebook group is the only official place where you can find everything that has anything to do with this show. The reason for that is because I despise Twitter. Pretty much everything about Twitter sucks. So join the Facebook group today. Speaking of Facebook, you can friend me just by searching for Trentus Magnus, which is spelled T-R-E-N-T-U-S-M-A-G-N-U-S. You can email me and my parole officer at trennismagnus at gmail.com. But remember, all feedback and correspondence emailed to me will be read on mic unless you request otherwise. So, if your email isn't intended for public consumption, don't forget to say so. Otherwise, I'll assume that you want your correspondence to be heard by my dozens, and dozens, of fans across the world. Do you have a suggestion for a topic? feel free to email me, and I might consider thinking about the possibility 
of potentially discussing whatever you have in mind someday. And that's a promise. Since we're on the subject of feedback, Trentus Magnus Punches Reality can be found on iTunes just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. Won't you take a moment to rate my show on iTunes? That helps new listeners find the show. And, just in case you don't think that I've given you enough shit to click on just yet, you can sponsor my show simply by going to twotruefreaks.com. There you can find the PayPal button, donate any amount at all, specify that you're sending Magnus some monetary love, and you will be an official sponsor of my show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there's no minimum donation. Be a Trennis Magnus show sponsor today. I don't have a Patreon, because if you think that I hate Twitter, boy, just wait till you hear what I think of Patreon. So, if you want to throw some bucks my way, the Two True Freaks PayPal link is the way to do it. The contents of this podcast are fictitious, hypothetical, and probably completely unnecessary. Any similarity to living persons or real-life events is purely coincidental and void where prohibited by law. Some assembly required. Batteries not included. Many will enter. Few will win. The white zone is for passenger loading and unloading only. All models are over the age of 18. Trinus Magnus Punches Reality is a Magnus Media Enterprises Limited production in association with Demonsacor of Milan, Italy. Thank you.